Good afternoon, football fans. Big D here on, on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for my Week 15 Cash Game Recap. Before I tell you about the craziest DFS Cash Game slate I've ever played, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Threaten Sports YouTube page where you can see all my content. We've got more content coming out this week. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas. So, and also don't forget to check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. I am just happy this week 15 DFS main slate is over because that was the craziest slate I have ever played in my life. I mean, if anybody played 150 GPP lines yesterday, congratulations. <laughs> because that, that that would have been insane. That would have been insane making 150 GPP lines with just a nine-game slate. But be honest, what the GPP lines was <laughs> making GPP lines would have been crazy enough. I think catch games may have been a little less insane, but still. With the running backs this week, it was one of the craziest experiences I've ever played. So let's start with running backs. To me, James Robinson always felt like the chalk this week. 5,400, RB1 in a great matchup against a crappy Houston Texan defense. Urban Meyer gone, Carlos Hyde gone, so it was going to be his backfield. And James Thompson scored 17.8 points. And be honest, I mean, yeah, he got 3x, 3x plus value, but you probably would have expected a few more. I mean, truly scored the touchdown, but especially with Houston Stephens, you probably would have expected a few more points. But be honest, there were a few guys who uh, underperformed expectations and projections. Uh, I I went back and forth of a couple guys who really thought about using. I thought about using Najee Harris, but I ended up going with Michael Carter. And sure, Michael Carter was not good yesterday. Only 18 rushing yards, only one pass out of the backfield, which really befuddled me, especially with Ty Johnson being out. But there were so many running back disappointments yesterday. I mean, did anybody see what Najee Harris did or maybe more so didn't do yesterday? I mean, Najee Harris was a big, 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 Disappointment yesterday for 78, I think 7,800. Najee Harris returned 4.64. So it really wasn't as bad as you would think with switching from Najee to Michael Carter, but that let me change my line in a few ways. At wide receiver, my guys, two of my Good values, I told you about Gabriel Davis and Devontae Parker both performed very well like I knew they would. Parker at 4,300 without Jalen Water felt like a steal. And he, and he caught full pass for 68 yards. 
and maybe more importantly, caught a touchdown. So Devontae Parker easily made three X and ended up getting almost four X. So he was fine there. And Gabriel Davis, probably the value you should have played. Five for 85 and two touchdowns. Even without the touchdowns, Gabriel Davis was more than well, 3,700. But ended up scoring 25 and a half DK points yesterday and uh, more than exceeding expectation. And then I ended up going with Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams as my, wide as my third wide receiver in flex. And yes, I was a little wary of Debo being more of a running back than a receiver. But I was hoping he could get the tu- a touchdown, and he did. So he got 60, four for 60 yards in receiver, while rushing, carrying the ball for 29 more yards and getting a rushing touchdown. So he ended up scoring almost 19 points. So not great. But on this slate, he was okay. He was serviceable. And Devontae Adams, 6 for 44. Actually, a very quiet day for Devontae Adams. Only seven targets. But uh, Baltimore really made sure Devontae Adams was not going to be in. They play a lot of double coverage on him. So it wasn't that Devontae Adams bad necessarily. It's that Baltimore didn't let him beat Steep and so I wouldn't worry about Devontae Adams, he's fine. And without Cooper Cup playing yesterday, Devontae Adams was probably the one guy you could pay up for a wide receiver because it wasn't an eight thousand dollar run back. So Adams was fine. And I don't really regret using Debo Adams Davis. Or Parker, maybe the one guy, if I could go back and do it again, I would have used his Christian Kirk. And it was weird because Arizona's offense was putrid against the Lions yesterday, but Christian Kirk was probably the one shining spot in an awful afternoon for the Cardinals yesterday. Without DeAndre Hopkins, I knew Kirk was going to be up the could go all. And uh, he did for nine catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. So Kirk at 5,300, almost getting five extra. And then Brandon Cooks was really good yesterday against my Jags. <laughs> what else is new? He cooked us again. Seven and 102 and two touchdowns. If Brandon Cooks played the Jaguars every week, he'd have like 100. Either, he'd have like. 7400 every single week. He's going, he went over 100 yards in both games against the Jackals this year. <laughs> oh my goodness. But at quarterback, two was my guy from early in the week. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw that pick. Start of the game frustrated me, the interception, but. Two was okay. I mean, only threw for buck ninety-six, two touchdowns, two picks, ran for 19 yards. But again, at 5,700, you really want him between 16 and 18 points at worst. And he got 15, so he wasn't bad. I mean, he walked out. And then uh, 
I changed my tight end about eight times, but ended up going to Mike Kosicki. He got five for 43. I mean, Kosicki may have been more of a GPP play. He got eight targets early in the week. He got eight targets, so I can't be disappointed with that. It's just with Miami not having Jalen Water and a consistent backfield, you wonder. I wonder what Kasicki could do. Yes, and he was okay. I wish he would have gotten a tough gem. But speaking of Miami's backfield, how about Duke Johnson yesterday <laughs> going over 100 yards and scoring a couple of touchdowns? If you was Duke Johnson yesterday, I bet you you your afternoon was filled with plenty of green. But um, speaking of Miami, I ended up using the Dolphin defense and uh, – Miami's defense got nine points, six sacks, one fumble recovery. Not great. Would have expected a few more, but again, okay. So, in the end, I ended up getting 132.44 points, which uh, won me all my double-ups and all but one of my head-to-head. So, it was a crazy but serviceable week for me. Usually, everybody strives for like 150 Plus points and catchings, but if all this craziness happened, I knew 150 might not be the catch line this weekend, and it ended up being like 132. I think it ended up being like 127, 126, 127. So I'm just happy this main Sunday slate is over because now I don't have to worry about. Making my making my next Sunday lineup until Boxing Day, and uh, now anybody see the uh, Saints and the Bucks game last night? Because that was <laughs> let's just say that looked like a Big Ten game. New Orleans winning nine zero, and uh, big injury news on the Bucks. Star slot receiver Chris Godwin. I mean, within like the last hour or so, tore his reports have surfaced that Chris Godwin tore his ACL last night and in the season. Obviously, Chris Godwin's injury is going to have a major impact on the Bucks season because Godwin has been a huge part of Tampa's offense the last couple of years, whether mainly on the slot, but he can also play outside, but Godwin is so influential for this team. Even last night in a cameo, he caught six past 48 yards. I mean, he, he nearly caught 100 balls for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. He's getting 18.5 fantasy points a week. He's got as many as 17, 17 targets, 15, 17 and 15, and then last night, seven, and would have gotten a lot more if not for the injury. But Godwin is that security blanket over the middle of the field because teams often double, double Mike Evans, and then, of course, you've got Gronk, but Godwin is that security blanket over the middle of the field. So without him, that's going to put more pressure on on Rob Gronkowski, on Mike Evans, if he ever returns from a hamstring injury, and 
Fortunately for Tampa, they get Antonio Brown back from his whatever, his COVID suspension. So <laughs> let's hope AP can keep his head on straight because the Bucks are going to need him. I mean, they've got the Panthers this week and the Jets next week. So not just with those guys, but with Leonard Fournette's injury, Tampa's offense is going to look way different than it did a couple weeks ago. So might be more so unfortunately for Chris Godwin owners, his season is over, which means he won't play a part in the fantasy playoffs. It's going to hurt DFS owners because he was a popular cash game and GPP target. And it's also going to mean Tom Brady won't have maybe all like three of, of his top four targets because Mike Evans may or may not play this weekend. Leonard Fournette may or may not play this weekend. And Godwin's season's over, so Tampa's going to be hurting. Not true. Tampa will win the NFC, NFC South, but could Chris Godwin's injury affect them if they play an NFC division around a championship game against the Packers, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Rams? Just saying. It might. And last year, Tampa was going into the playoffs healthy. Now they're not. I mean, that's why it's hard to repeat at Super Chance because one injury could just take it, could just affect things. And it's not necessarily how many injuries you get, but when you get the injuries. And unfortunately for the Bucks, they literally got them all last night. So hopefully Tampa can get everyone healthy and we can see the Bucks make another run at a Super Bowl in Inglewood. So that was the craziest Week 15 slate I've ever seen. And hopefully the and uh, I hope you made some money with it. And uh, hopefully Chris Godwin has got plenty of depth because you're going to need it for the next couple of weeks. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.